Welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. You've checked out the best place to learn how to grow your business in an actionable, tangible way. There's no fluff on this podcast. And we talk a lot about the failures that I've experienced, some of the success stories that have popped up along the way. And I hope to encourage you today and give you some insights on really how you can be growing your business on a day-to-day basis. Now, if you haven't checked out the podcast before, we do publish a few times a week. We're coming up on five years of the podcast. I think our very next episode is going to be me and my beautiful wife talking about some of the stuff that's happened along the way. And other than that, if you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to leave us a Google review. You can just check out Good Advice here in NWA and drop us a review or put it exactly on the podcast platform. All that to say, uh, one piece of advice that you'll get from today's episode, we're digging into the Good Advice Content Vault, an oldie of an episode, one of the first episodes we ever recorded, and it's all about this concept of failure. Despite what social media may tell you, you are going to fail a lot in your business. Heck, I, (laughs) I, I fail more times than I can count. The important thing, though, is that you fail cheaply and you don't break the bank where you can't recover, you know, because really failure, it's designed to teach you. It's designed to grow you, not to put you into a hole that you can't climb out of. All that to say, it's a great conversation. I think you're going to enjoy this retro episode. Before we dive in, here's a word from one of our amazing sponsors who support the show. Check it out. We'll be back soon. We talk to all sorts of business owners on the podcast, and one of the most common trends is business owners who just, for whatever reason, didn't fit in the corporate environment. A lot of entrepreneurs are seeking something. They're seeking an answer, and they're trying to figure out the simple question of, how do I fit in the world? And more importantly, is there a way to make a living that doesn't involve the traditional nine-to-five job? One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to entrepreneurs is, hey, you got to learn about who you are, what drives you, your motivation. That's why I want to tell you about this book, Your Turning Point, 33 Questions for Transformation. I love the impact I've been able to make through Good Advice and the Good Advice podcast, but that would not have been doable without taking an honest assessment of who I was today and who I wanted to be tomorrow. Go to the website, the33questions.com, and get yourself a copy of Your Turning Point by Stephen J. Blank, and let's continue on this road for transformation together. Again, the website is the33questions.com, where you can buy your book today. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the MVP, which is not the most valuable player. We call it a minimum viable product. And we're also going to be talking about why it is so important to fail cheaply, which, you know, as you think about your business, you're probably thinking, obviously, I don't want to fail. But unfortunately, failure is it's going to happen, right? I mean, it's 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 unavoidable. You know, you can't help it but to fail because not everyone you, you don't know everything, right? I mean, there are things you just simply don't know about business, right? And it's in fact, when I think about it. I think about people who I know who've started their own businesses who didn't know you needed certain licensure or you needed certain kind of certifications. And then suddenly this this business idea that was very inexpensive has ballooned out to be several thousands of dollars because of all the things they did not know they needed to do, right? So wherever you are in your business, and again, you may be someone who you're a business owner now, maybe you are thinking about starting your own business, 
maybe you have something on the side and you've been thinking about creating this little side hustle to make a little bit of revenue and just pay off one of those bills in a month. And in fact, that's something that I would encourage to any person who's listening today, uh, especially just realizing that business success in general, it is accessible by anyone. You do not have to be a Steve's job, Steve Jobs. You do not have to be a, a, a you know an Elon Musk. You don't have to be this prodigy in order to go on and have a super successful business. And a friend of mine, Randy, the way he he described it to me, and Randy runs his own uh, coaching business enterprise. He's phenomenal, really great guy, really smart guy. And the way he put it was, you know, you don't need to have a, a side business just to you know, make yourself a millionaire, but what what would it do for you to have an extra $400 a month? Or take one bill you have a month. I don't know if it's like car insurance. I don't know if it's part of your mortgage. I don't know what that is. If you could remove that bill from your life, what would that then do for you? How would that then open up spending in other ways? And so the, the whole thinking behind it isn't, you know, I need to start this super successful multi-million dollar business, but rather how can I do something that improves my way of life even in a little way, right? So wherever you are in that, this episode is tailored to you and it's tailored to the person who you're trying to start that side thing or you're trying to start something that that maybe even is your escape plan, right? I, I think uh, Jim Carrey, there was a quote circulating this week where Jim Carrey said, I think it's incredibly depressing that the majority of people, the majority of Americans, five days out of seven are are just miserably trying to get through to get to those last two days, right? I mean, think about Think about the people who, you know, you talk to him on Monday. Hey, how's your Monday going? Oh, well, it's Monday. <laughs> you know, or you talk to him on Wednesday and it's like, oh, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. Or you talk to him on Friday. Oh, thank God it's Friday. And it's just, it's pretty depressing that there's people out there who literally the way they see their life is I just cannot wait till I get to my weekend. And I think it's incredibly depressing. I think that for, for how valuable and precious life is for how precious life is that we would spend years upon years upon years upon years of our lives in miserable dead-end jobs because that's just the hand that's dealt to us, right? It's like, well, this is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm, this is the misery that I'm going through. And 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 I, I just, I simply, first of all, I don't accept that for myself, but also, it's why I say business or, or entrepreneurship is really accessible to anyone because there are some ways that you can free yourself from the constraints of what that lifestyle brings. And I, I think what's sad is you see someone who's like 45 or 50 years old and they have like their mid, their midlife crisis and now suddenly they're thinking, what have I done with my life? You know, I want to have the things that I've always wanted to have. And it's like, man, you could have started that momentum for having the life you want 20 or 30 years ago. So Having said that, I don't want this episode to be like overtly fluffy or, you know, go be the person you've always wanted to be. I, I, but I do want to encourage you that, again, whether whether a side business or you have something that you, it's it's the escape plan or it's just something that you've always had the dream for a business and you've always wondered, could I make it into something profitable? I want to give you some really easy, tangible steps and some concepts that you can apply 
that whenever you do make that leap or whenever you do start the momentum of that, you can avoid some very stupid things that I've done in my own business and some things that have been very costly for me as well as other business owners. So let's start with what an MVP is. If you look at, and and just let me just go ahead and say this, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. A lot of times you see people who, and in fact, some, some geniuses out there have found a way to market this now to make a lot more money than they were making. So let's say someone, for example, they love Amazon. Everyone loves Amazon. And they think, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to sell my own products through Amazon. And they do that and it's successful. And it's like, wow, this is really easy. This is really great. I love this. And then they start marketing to other people. Hey, you too can sell your products on Amazon. And so you see people who they get they get caught in this pattern of I have to do these certain channels that everyone else is doing in order to have a successful business, which is not always the case. You are capable of selling something that is completely unique that no one else is doing that you wouldn't even know who your competition would be. You are able to do something that no one else is doing. It doesn't have to be what everyone else is doing. A great example, Netflix. Netflix, when it offered the, we'll send you a disc, or and then later the internet streaming model, you know, Blockbuster had a chance to buy them and was like, yeah, right. Come on. People don't do that. That doesn't happen. Another example, the Pet Rock. Who was selling Pet Rocks before the Pet, you know, the, before the Pet Rock guy? Or the perfect example right now, I think, is tidying up with Marie Kondo. You know, if you get on if you get on Netflix and check out that show, talk about getting your mind blown And I don't even know who this person is, but I trust everything she says. I mean, seriously, she comes into the house and I feel guilty, right? Like I'm watching the episode of her coming to this other person's house and I'm looking around at my own house thinking, please don't come to, or maybe she doesn't come to my house. I don't know. But the point is, it doesn't have to be something totally the norm. You have something that you can offer that people will pay for that can be abstract, unique, whatever. So whether you are doing something that has always been your passion, something you've always wanted to get into, I want to give you some things that you can do to actually, and, 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 and many business owners know this, your chances of survival are very low when you start your business. It's very low. It's something like, I don't know, it's like 24% that your business will survive for 18 months. It's something like, the, the percent chance after five years for that business to survive is something like 12% of businesses will actually make it to five years. And then the scary thing beyond that is, I can't remember where I heard this, the scary thing beyond that is the next five years, only half of that 12% will make it another five years, right? So the longevity of the 10-year plan, it, the, the odds are stacked against you. Now, the good news is, and I, I, I promise I do not mean this arrogantly, the good news is that is sort of a false number because there are really stupid business owners out there. And I promise I'm not being mean, I'm not meaning that arrogantly, but from one person who has worked with many business owners, and, and none of my clients, if any of my clients are listening, you're not stupid, I don't think you're stupid, But I I talk with a lot of people. I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs. I get into a lot of conversations with people who, you know, for example, maybe they're just wanting to air out their business idea. Maybe they're wanting to get some perspective. I don't know. So I talk to a lot of people in general. 
in person, uh, online, even through social media, Facebook, Reddit, things like that. And, and I do not mean this harshly, but there are some really dumb business owners out there. Okay. So the number is, is a bit of a false number. And chances are, if you are someone who you are listening to this podcast, or you are listening to a business podcast, or you're someone who you you are you consider yourself just a a at least average you know functioning person. Like I consider myself that I'm I'm at least average, right? I mean I'm at least I'm at least functioning in terms of of being a person. I mean I I at least know that Taco Bell at eleven o'clock at night is probably not a great idea, right? But so for you yourself, you know, the fact that you are a, a learner, you're wanting to do things better, you know, you appreciate new ideas, you appreciate meeting people, getting new perspectives. Trust me when I say your odds are, are exponentially higher than, than a lot of the people that are included in that, in that statistic. Having said that, though, you can really guard yourself and minimize your risk of failure by doing some things very carefully and doing doing some things with wisdom. And one of the first things you can do really well is what's called the MVP. The MVP is not the most valuable player. The MVP is the minimum viable product. It is, think of it as like the, what's the least I could do before I put this in front of someone and ask them to pay for it? Now it's not it doesn't mean that you're selling something totally crappy. It's the reason we we think of it this way is because 42% of business owners who fail, they fail because they're offering something that nobody wants. They're they're offering something that no one is interested in buying. It's actually why you see so many people when they whether they're a solo entrepreneur or whatever they're a startup or whatever, it's why you see so many people who, whenever they jump into entrepreneurship or business, that they 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 just replicate what we already know works. So that's where you see people who, I'm going to start my drop shipping business, or I'm going to start my Shopify store, or I'm going to start my Amazon uh, private label, what have you. It's because someone else has already done the work to realize that this is there's a market that wants this. And so they're guarding themselves, whether they know it or not, they're guarding themselves from the issue of, am I going to put all this work into something that no one really wants? Despite that, whether you're you're in, engaging in something that is a new market, it's something that you know exists, the whole point behind the MVP is to guard yourself from failure. Because ideally, whenever you start your business, you're doing so with limited funds, I'm assuming that the people who listen to my podcast, you're probably not mega, mega, mega millionaires. If you are, then I want you to call me and hire me. You, you probably aren't a mega, mega millionaire. And so you have limited funds to actually get your business going, which means that, that and, and this is just true about business in general, your business is going to cost a lot more than you think it will whether that's unforeseen circumstances, whether it's things going wrong. I think about a guy who, uh, some guy I was talking to earlier today, he has an Amazon private label product and didn't realize that uh, it was a, a product, it was basically like a, uh, what's it called? A uh, Like a little miniature whiteboard that has a little black circle magnets that stick on it. Well, his product picture has a picture of a kid drawing on it and essentially, I guess the kid looked too young 
And the problem was that the little magnets were a choking hazard. So he's, he's, he's mailing, he's sending this product through Amazon. And I guess he had something like 5,000 units being shipped in from another country. Well, the customs officer uh, inspected it and said, you know, this looks like it's dangerous for kids. And because you don't have any kind of warning labels on it, it's not up to code. And so the, the uh, customs agent confiscated his product, 5,000 units worth. It was something like 15 grand of lost revenue. Now, obviously, you're probably not planning on shipping <laughs> or importing some product from another country, but maybe you are. I don't know. The point is, is that you will have things that happen in your business that you never expected to actually happen. And so you have to have revenue to guard yourself against those things so you're not totally out of business. One of the ways we do that is by we try to be as lean as possible to first verify that our product is something that people want and that we have the skills we need to actually sell to people. One of the things that that create total agony in my life is when I, I get someone who's a prospective customer who I'm talking to, and one of the first things they tell me is the thousands of dollars that they have spent on, on whatever. Like I was talking to one guy who was starting a, a consignment company, and he had taken out something like a $20,000 loan. And he was asking, and he not only had taken out a $20,000 loan, but he had he had hired like four or five employees. And by this point, the money is already spent, right? And so we're talking and he's asking, you know, what do I do? How do I turn my business around? And I'm thinking, man, I would have gone back in time and not taken out the $20,000 loan, right? And so if you have to take a, a enormous, if you have to take on the, 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 uh, the burden of debt to start your business, it may not be a great business idea. Now, are there not great businesses out there who get investors, who get angel investors, who have people who will who will provide equity up front? Absolutely, those things happen. But talking to just the average business starter, entrepreneur, whatever, especially if, if you aren't necessarily sold on your idea, but you're just wanting to start some things on the side and just kind of see what happens. You want to be able to do it in a way that's going to, it's going to guard you from feeling the pain of failure. But more importantly, it's going to guard your family from financial ruin because you didn't make some really dumb decision from the get go. I think about my wife, for example, when she started her language tutoring business, which has just taken off right now. And she's frankly, she's paying really for for both of our bills uh, while I'm running my own company. That started as her just making a profile on a language tutoring website. It was zero cost. It did not cost her anything other than her time. It cost her nothing. She knew how to speak Spanish. She knew how to speak sign language. Uh, she knew how to do sign language in Colombian. So she, she's a linguist by nature. She's really great at what she does and she loves people. And she thought, you know what? I'll just do this little thing on the side because she was actually working in the, uh, the medical field. At uh, She was a data specialist, someone, patient records, I don't know, at one of the local clinics here and didn't really know where she wanted to go professionally, but she just knew she didn't want to work there anymore, right? So this was really just something on the side to kill time for her. But the point is she didn't go, she didn't like go print off all these business cards. She didn't like, you know, hire a marketer that she paid five grand to, to like tell people that she can do languages. She just made a profile and started doing it. 
And I think the reason sometimes is is the reason we get so we we don't understand this MVP concept is because we really want that overnight success. And it's almost like something's in us that makes us think that it's like a bank. It's like whatever you put into it, that's what you will then get out of it. And the problem with that thinking is that it totally goes against a very tried and true concept. You'll see it in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, but it's this concept of momentum. And he calls it in his book, The Flywheel. And in kind of envision like the wheel of fortune, uh, you know, the, the little, uh, what's it called? The wheel, the wheel of fortune. Envision the wheel and how the, how the participant, when they reach down to grab, to spin the wheel and turn it, and you know, it goes around and it lands on one of the numbers. Well, they don't like push a button and the thing just starts blazing in a circle at 60 miles an hour. You know, the person has to get down, grab their strength, and with all of their energy, they have to pull to actually get this thing moving around in a circle. That's a very great illustration of your own business. It's a great illustration. It's, like I said, very great. I sound like Donald Trump. Uh, it's it's a great illustration of you and your business in that you you don't just push a button and now you have success. In fact, if you see someone on Facebook, which I think this is one of the most toxic examples of advertising, you'll see someone on Facebook who will talk about uh, some kind, and, you'll, and the ad title will be something like, how I went from being homeless to being a millionaire overnight. Guys, it's BS. You know, you'll see someone who says how I went from being an hourly employee to running my own multi-million dollar ad agency. It's BS. No one goes from zero to a million overnight. It does not happen. It does not happen. I promise you it doesn't happen. What happens is you have someone who has some kind of social media presence or they have some kind of fan following and at some point it clicked for them of, oh wow, I could really be profiting off of my my tribe or I could be profiting off, that makes it sound like it's, it's manipulative, I don't mean it that way, but they realize I could actually be making money off of the momentum I've all already built about my personal brand or whoever I am as a person. So there's an absolute truth to the statement of you have to build momentum to actually have a profitable business. But I think a lot of times subconsciously what we think is that, you know, like I said, it's like a bank. I have to put money into it to get money out of it. And so if I just dump $20,000 into this business, that's going to guarantee some success for me. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It is something where... There's so much need for time and patience for that momentum to build. And that is why you have to guard your revenue and you have to guard your, or rather I should say, you have to guard your ability to invest in your company so that as time goes on, you know, if the average business takes six months or even a year to get profitable, you actually have to have enough revenue to last you through that one-year mark. It's like I was talking to a realtor just a few weeks ago, early January, and she said, if my business hasn't taken off by April or May, I may quit doing it. And I thought, well, I mean, that's that's those are the months that it's going to take off, right? Because in the summertime, that's that's typically when people are going to sell. So it's not just about you know, I hope I make it to them. It's I have to, I have to ensure that I will make it to them. And I'm not saying I'm not saying you should not invest in your business, right? I mean, I talk to people sometimes, and it's actually it's kind of a running joke. I feel like 
where people will say things like, I want to start X business and I want to make this much money. How do I do that with zero dollars up front? And typically my answer is go work your job and save some money on the side there's a, there's a great book, and it's based off a cliche saying that you know. It's don't quit your day job. The reason they say don't quit your day job is because no one, or at least I've never seen this happen, you can't start a business from zero dollars. You can't. You need money into it to actually make money. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't invest in your business, it's, but it's just all around this concept of being wise with your money. It's about not getting swept away by emotion, and being really, really, really wise with your money and making good, solid, firm, wise investments. And it really pairs well with this concept of how do you fail really cheaply, especially if you are, are unfamiliar with something you're having, having to learn about. So I feel like I made a really big mistake whenever I started my business. And I don't know if it's really a mistake. It's too soon to call it a mistake. Right now, it feels like a mistake. When I first started my business, I really did not know much about online marketing and advertising. And so I paid a guy around $7,500 to, to show me, teach me, train me, whatever. And we just did not hit it off. I mean, we just did not. I think my personality really clashed with his personality. He was really big into the, uh, the, the whole, and you've seen something like it on Facebook, you know, become a millionaire overnight. I and mean, it was very clickbaity titles kind of deal. And he was really pushing me to, to fall into that pattern of how do you really manipulate people based on their desires for, like one thing he had told me to do was you should go to your local car dealership and film yourself in front of one of the really nice cars or go rent a hotel room for the night. He said, pay the 200 bucks and go to, the, go to the hotel that has the nicest balcony over the city and film yourself on the balcony as if this is your a normal thing for you, right? Maybe this is maybe it implies this is your house, maybe it. But he was he was basically saying, you know, whatever you can do to convince people that you're worthy of listening to. And I just said, man, that's just that's not who I am. You know, I just that just feels pretty slimy to me. It's not who I am. And so suffice it to say, he and I, we did not work out. It did not work out at all. Now, he had some really insightful comments, some things he taught me that were really useful. But ultimately, and, and the reason I say it's too early to tell if it's if it's a really bad investment is because I'm, I'm still using some of his concepts just from a pure marketing standpoint in terms of like buyer behavior. He's, he did teach me some things that were useful. So it's, it's too soon to tell it was a bad investment. But right now, it definitely feels like this was a really bad investment. And it makes me think of, I, I had the option to work with him. He was around $7,500. I had someone else that I had the opportunity to work with who was $1,500. And, you know, the grass is always greener. It's totally buyer's remorse. But but I talked to someone else the other day who went with the, who also knows the $1,500 marketer who was like, oh, my gosh, he's phenomenal. He's great. He's doing so much for my business. And I'm like, well, dang it. <laughs> You know, and so I, I think maybe the trap I fell into was I saw higher price tag, which is a very common buyer behavior. I saw higher price tag and thought, well, I need to go with this guy. He's gonna be a lot better for me. And it was essentially a really expensive mistake, right? Now, if all I have is $7,500, not only is it an expensive mistake, but now I've totally crippled my business where I can't make the other decisions that I really need to make. 
right? So like, for example, I joined a local BNI chapter. BNI is basically a, think of it like as like a referral network. And so when you're, in, when you're part of this cohort or you're part of this chapter, every week you come and the other members who are there, you're basically referring business to one another. So it's, it's the way it's understood to be is that if someone needs the services of someone in that chapter, you would send that person to them rather than some random other person. And it's also exclusive too. So me as a consultant, coach, whatever, no one else who's in my field can then join that group. So joining that was, it's going to be something around $1,000 per year to be in that group. Well, if I've crippled myself from another bad business decision, I can't then make the decision to join BNI, right? So the the as you're thinking this through, you want to make decisions and learn in a way that is as frugal as possible for your business. So one great way to think of it, I mentioned the Amazon, the guy who was the uh, private label was selling things through Amazon. Well, the 5,000 order, the unit order that cost him 15 grand, what maybe would have been better was instead of shipping 15 grand worth of product for his first shipment, maybe to do something small maybe get, you know, a hundred shipped and then just, just sell it locally just to see what people think about it for him to, for he himself to inspect it, to, to take it to a business mentor. And, and maybe that's even a bigger concept is just to surround yourself with people you can call. I have a friend of mine who runs an ad agency. Well, he, he was running an SEO company and now he's part of this other, and I don't know if it's kind of like a startup, but he's, he's sort of like the, one of the main guys in this other company. And so I'm asking him, hey, what do you think about this? Tell me about what you think about this ad. Or hey, how's, you know, what should I be thinking about for my website? You know, I have all these questions because I want to get an expert's opinion on the right way to think about it so I don't make a costly mistake. And so maybe that's a bigger concept is to surround yourself with people who can give you an insight to guard you from making really dumb decisions that, again, you learn a lot from it, but it cripples you from making future decisions for your business. You have to be able to fail cheaply and not put every egg in one basket, despite how your emotions maybe feel about that, that one opportunity or that one idea. And just in general, you, whenever you're doing something on the side or you're starting a business on the side, you're not just proving to yourself that you can actually do something because the market is totally emotionless. In, in the sense of it doesn't know you, it doesn't care about you, it doesn't care about your circumstances. The market is totally amoral. And so you're not just proving to yourself that you have what it takes to run this business. You're essentially proving that I have something that people want that they're going to pay me for and I can expect to get this much revenue from this business. And so when you do that the right way, when you guard yourself from expensive failures and expensive mistakes then as you verify your business, again, it frees you up to make really, I don't know if it's, if we, if we would call it strategic decisions, but it at least gives you the flexibility to fail in other areas, right? And so one thing that's really popular online right now, especially for entrepreneurs, is something called ClickFunnels. And I think of it as like a landing page website. It's like a page that has all these templates for for you to set up a, a landing page for your business. I think it's something like 100 and maybe it was like 99 or $110 per month. 
Well, that's something that if I have, if I'm frugal in other ways, I can say, you know what? I'm going to try this for a month. I'm going to see how does it work for a month. And so you put up a hundred bucks and then after that hundred bucks, you're like, okay, yeah, you know, that didn't work, but it doesn't, it doesn't hurt you, right? It doesn't break you. And so whenever you're being wise with your investments, not only does it free you up to make other important decisions, it just lets you test, right? It, it, it's kind of like, even like if you do like Facebook advertising, you know, you have to actually have the budget and revenue to actually test different pictures, test different copies, things like that. Um, you get the point, you get the idea. So Having said all this, you know, I would hate for someone's really great business idea to be crippled by a bad decision. You know, stick to the MVP concept and invest cheaply. And, and also with the MVP concept, another reason we kind of shoestring this thing together is that it helps you define what your business is at its core. It's like I was talking to someone earlier today and they were asking about a business idea. And I said, well, what's, what is your business? And they gave me like, I mean, it was like an essay and they were like, our business has these five different features and they were all kind of related, but they were like, each one of them could have been its own business. And I remember I told him, I said, you know, you really need to clarify your MVP, not just for the sake of your, your spending, but just to be super clear on what your business is. You know, it's kind of like the hedgehog principle. It's, 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 or maybe even like, think of it as like a, a mission statement. You know, when you figure out what your MVP is, you figure out at its core simply what is your business and not that you won't have more features later on, not that you won't add things later on, but when you clarify exactly who you are, then a lot of the decisions become super clear, right? It's like, well, I'm not going to spend time diverting energy to this because it doesn't line up with what my business is at its core in the most minimum way with everything else pulled away from it, you know, taken away from it at its core. This is simply what it is. So I'm only going to make decisions that, that inform that simple product, that simple offering, you know, whatever that is. And that's probably maybe even a, a, another concept in and of itself. And I, I can't remember if I've talked about it before, maybe it'll be like next episode or what have you, but too many business owners, they're, they're spending, too much time on things that don't matter, you know, and actually now that I think of it, I did, I did talk about it, you know, don't, don't spend decisions on things that don't matter for your business. And and what I mean by matter, if it's not growing your revenue, it's probably not a good investment of your time, right? Last thing I'll say, you know, if you're, especially if you're someone here trying to make some money on the side, it does not have to be something sexy. My brother-in-law was talking about a side business he has on the side and literally the way he made his decision, he had two options for what he could do. I think one of them cost like $5,000 to start it and the other one cost $1,000. He said, okay, I'll go with the $1,000 one. (laughs) It can honestly be that simple. It doesn't have to be something groundbreaking. It doesn't have to be something, you know, totally you know, you're going to end up on, on the news because you've changed 20 million lives. It doesn't have to be something super inspirational, whatever. Doing something like that can, can very easily be which one's cheaper to start. So not all that to say, not to keep your standards low, but just, but just understand that entrepreneurship, just, just a side hustle business in general, it's a lot more just simple and hands-off, hands-on and uh, practical than maybe you've perceived in the past. And so if anything, again, especially if you've ever been hungry to test out what entrepreneurship feels like, 
my encouragement would be to do that. And, and you never know what you might be able to start that again, it changes your life and it, it frees you from the nine to five in a way that you never expected. It's pretty incredible. The people I've talked to, I, we have a barbecue place locally called Wright's Barbecue and the owner, his name's Jordan Wright. Great guy, really phenomenal guy. Well, his, his, Barbecue place is literally the best I've had in Arkansas. It's amazing. If you're in Northwest Arkansas, you need to try Wright's Barbecue. It's phenomenal. It's super good. Well, the story about him starting his business is really great. He was working at Tyson. He was a corporate junkie. You know, he's working. He's he's trying to accelerate his career in the Tyson headquarters. And on the side, he has a a grill that he likes to cook barbecue or smoke barbecue for his friends on. And that just kind of grew into something of, you know, I wonder if I could ever, if I could ever sell this, if people would ever pay me for it. And so he started doing it as like this small thing on the side and it got so successful that he got to quit his job at Tyson. And now he has, I'm just going to say it, the best barbecue place in Arkansas, maybe even, even including some other states. My wife is from Kansas City, which Kansas City is known for its barbecue. And even she says it's the best brisket she's ever had. All that to say, whatever you start on the side, you have no idea where this thing could go to. You know, you have no idea what it could lead to. And so my encouragement is, is to be optimistic, to test it out, to test out the entrepreneurial market, to get your feet wet, just see what, what might be fun or what you could sell that you never knew you could sell before. But again, as you do it, do it in a way that does not financially ruin you. Simple enough, right? <laughs> Make good decisions, be wise, and most of all, just get advice from people. Get people's perspective. Speaking of that, I do give a lot of free advice. I do give a lot of, you know, here's my take on it. If you have a business idea or you have some feedback and you want to get my thoughts on something, you can always email me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com, and I'd love to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll catch you later. See ya.